Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Debbie Rashawn, and welcome to Obscurities. A female author by the name of Jay Lynn once said, quote, All I'm saying is once you've been out in the woods and heard the things I've heard, you'd believe in Bigfoot and the Chupacabra, end quote. Well, let's face it. Mankind is obsessed with strange things and monsters, and this obsession has a deep, dark history. With Halloween just around the bend, our attention will once again turn to all things creepy and frightening. It's a day that so many look forward to each year, including myself. A day that highlights everything we fear most. For centuries, people have documented stories of monsters, passing down spooky tales from one generation to the next. And with each passing generation, the stories change. This is something that people share in common from every country and culture. Throughout the ages, all kinds of stories were made up to try and understand the unexplainable. And to this day, myths and legends continue to fuel campfire stories. Many experts believe it's a way for us to place the concept of mortality directly in front of us. Pop culture and the media also allows us to indulge our fears without penalty. We're fascinated by what we can't explain, adding our own spin to the stories we share with others. From Dracula to Frankenstein, these classic characters are celebrated each Halloween. And while there are many other creatures that aren't as widely recognized, it doesn't make them any less frightening during the height of their existence, including the blood-sucking El Chupacabra, a tale that quickly spread across the globe. El Chupacabra falls under the first of four categories of monsters, those that embody our fears from an uncontrollable world, a world where nature fights back. These monsters include creatures such as Bigfoot, the type of monsters that share some similarities with species we easily recognize, yet are unique and elusive enough that they have become living legends. It all began in March 1995 when stories of El Chupacabra first surfaced, translating to Goat Sucker, this new addition to the monster world created a sense of curiosity mystery, and fear. Sure, it was not yet as legendary as the Loch Ness or Bigfoot, but it would soon earn its spot among those infamous monsters. It was more than two decades ago when blood-drained goats were the talk of Puerto Rico. No one knew what mysterious creature was to blame, 
but you can imagine how quickly one's imagination would run wild. Goats were turning up all over the island. Their bodies were intact, but their necks had been punctured. Then, six months after the first bloody goat surfaced, in August 1995, an eyewitness named Madeline Tolentino painted a frightening picture. Her sighting was sketched and released into the local newspaper, which started it all. Imagery was provided to the public, and from there, the story began to unfold. When people heard of this creature, they visualized a vicious, alien-like monster. A simple sketch was provided, and then mankind's psychological relationship with monsters ran with it. At first, El Chupacabra was described as being four to five feet tall with spikes running down its back. Its thin limbs and red eyes depicted the type of creature nightmares are made of. Others said they saw an unidentified predator with reptile-like body. And as time passed, the story evolved, and so did El Chupacabra's distinguishing features. As news spread, similar reports began popping up in Mexico, Florida, the Caribbean, and Latin America. One single attack in Florida allegedly involved 69 goats, chickens, and ducks. What was so odd about this blood-sucking creature is that although it was killing everything from goats to chickens, no meat was taken. Instead, only a small neck bite appeared on the necks of these animals. And while no photographs were ever taken of the assailant in action, hundreds of images of the dead animals exist. They were fully intact, yet drained of their blood. While this unknown creature was the talk of every affected town, as years passed, the media frenzy died down. Then, in 2004, livestock in Texas were attacked. Tales of El Chupacabra resurfaced once again. However, this time, witnesses reported a hairless, four-legged creature. Additional steps were taken to investigate. Following autopsies on the goats and chickens that were attacked, it was found that they all had normal blood levels. How could this be the same creature that was wreaking havoc in 1995? And just like that, from there on out, everything was fair game when it came to El Chupacabra. People were reporting sightings of this creature everywhere, when in reality they were viewing nothing but dead raccoons, scruffy coyotes, and other everyday creatures. The nation's obsession with El Chupacabra continued to grow. Naturally, this drew the attention of Benjamin Radford, a science-based paranormal investigator and co-founder of the podcasts Monster Talk and Squaring the Strange. He's also an award-winning author covering topics ranging from critical thinking to urban legends. Since he commonly ended up in places like Borneo for his research, and this myth was much closer to home, he knew he had to investigate. His impressive investigation took him near and far. Chupacabra bodies even surfaced, about a dozen in total. Hairless and haggard, these creatures had burnt-looking skin. Within investigative science, of course, 
nothing beats a body. It was time to gain some insight into this rapidly evolving creature, and Radford made it his mission to provide answers. When it came to the hard evidence, which was the chupacabra bodies themselves, DNA tests revealed that they were none other than coyotes, raccoons, and dogs. That's right. The infamous El Chupacabra was the type of four-legged animals that we see on an everyday basis. So what really happened here? How is it that eyewitness accounts were so different, yet they shared such distinct similarities? How is it that these everyday common animals were mistaken for such a chilling creature, especially among ranchers and farmers? Surely they knew what a coyote looks like. The explanation was quite simple. While chupacabra creatures were commonly spotted canines and other mammals, their appearance had been significantly altered. These animals had lost their hair due to a sarcoptic mange, an inflammatory skin condition caused by mites that burrow into the upper layer of the skin. The result can be rather frightening. Picture a near-bald, hyper-pigmented dog with thickened skin that has self-inflicted scratch wounds. Do so, and you have yourself a legendary chupacabra. To better explain this ongoing phenomena, people see what they want to believe, or in this case, what they think they believe. This relates back to human psychology as a range of cognitive and perceptual factors play tricks on the mind. This can cause people to see monsters that do not truly exist. The familiar, in this case dogs and coyotes, can quickly become an unexplained sighting, especially when there is something physically wrong with the canine species spotted. The concept of monsters has been analyzed by many psychologists over the years, including Sigmund Freud. He argued that monsters, particularly in our dreams, were nothing more than our unconscious mind, shedding light on our current fears and anxieties. However, for the most part, monsters are created based on the inherent fears of human nature, leveraging real and fictional monsters from both our present and our past. This leads us to Radford's discovery, a connection that would help explain what the original witness, Madeline Tolentino, saw that day back in 1995. During his investigation, Radford uncovered a piece of the puzzle which is actually quite humorous. When Madeline first saw the chupacabra, she described a creature that would closely resembled the alien-human hybrid from Species, a 1995 sci-fi thriller that was released around the same time. In January, a message from an extraterrestrial source was picked up at the Parks Observatory in Australia. A new sequence of DNA, friendly instructions on how to combine it with ours. This growth is amazing. The decision was made to terminate the experiment. In fact, Madeline had watched the film weeks prior. 
The reports of nearly identical creatures throughout Latin America were based on her initial statement, a creature that was likely created based on the Hollywood featured character. But this doesn't explain the other half of the story. How is it that there are two types of victims, those who were supposedly drained of their blood and those that had normal blood levels following an autopsy? Once again, science can explain this one. For starters, a creature that is the size of a dog would likely starve to death if it strictly consumed blood. Once it was found that the dead animals had normal blood levels, there was a fairly reasonable explanation. In response to the ranchers whose animals fell victim to the chupacabra, their experiences can be explained as follows. When these individuals found dead animals, they may have cut them open to investigate further. Since there were only a small puncture wounds found on their necks, they likely expected blood to pour out. When it did not, they assumed that their animals were drained of their blood. Again, this association takes us back to vampires. The puncture wounds on an animal's neck were a dead giveaway fueling this connection. The human mind will quickly make connections, even when they may not exist. In terms of El Chupacabra, it is not uncommon for dogs to bite animals in the neck and then leave the bodies. Since the animal will later die of internal bleeding, from the outside it would appear as though no other injuries existed. And just like that, a tale of some vampire-like creature is created out of thin air. The truth is, when an animal, in this case a goat or sheep, dies, their heart and blood pressure stop. The blood of these dead animals then seeps to the lowest part of the body where it thickens and coagulates. Once cut open, this created the illusion that the animal was drained of its blood. The explanation here is fairly black and white, yet it does not mean that El Chupacabra will cease to exist. This creature has now earned its place in the realm of monsters and things we cannot explain. Of course, there will always be people who believe that the Chupacabra exists, even though scientific reports say otherwise, just like people continue to believe that the Earth is flat. In response to these individuals, Radford offers simple logic, whether they choose to acknowledge the details or not. In order for this species to exist, they would need to maintain a population of at least a couple hundred to a few thousand in order to keep the chupacabra alive. In that sense, if their diet consisted of blood only, there would be more blood-drained carcasses as well. Also, if each of these creatures were actually five feet tall, weighing in around a hundred plus pounds, it's highly unlikely that no confirmed photographic sightings or fossils exist. Then again, there's no such evidence for creatures such as Bigfoot, but many people are still adamant that this elusive creature is real. So, what does all of this tell us? Well, for one, 
frightening news travels fast, and while stories change like a game of broken telephone, fear fuels the fire. Eventually, it didn't matter that investigative science was involved. The story was alive and well, and year after year, additional details created the perfect storm. There was and always will be some degree of fascination surrounding the mystery of El Chupacabra, and true believers will always believe. To this day, sightings are still reported not only in Puerto Rico, but also in locations across the rest of the world, ranging from Russia to the Philippines. This tale has become a worldwide phenomena, one that will live on. When it comes to those who believe, Perhaps these individuals take some level of comfort knowing that such a frightening vampiric beast may exist, yet it doesn't attack humans. When it all boils down, humans love a good story and will continue to tell them, putting their unique spin on the details, regardless of how obscure or peculiar they are. After all, Caroline Levitt, the best-selling American novelist, said it best. Quote, people love stories. They need stories. End quote. And the El Chupacabra is one such story. <laughs>